Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. In the fall of 2022, a Missouri law went into effect that opened school officials to possible criminal charges if they provide, quote, explicit sexual content to students. There isn't a prescribed list of titles that meet that criteria, and there are groups and individuals who've chiefly targeted the removal of books that focus on the experiences of Black and LGBTQ folks. It's all had a chilling effect on school librarians. And according to a report from the free speech group PEN America, Missouri had the third highest number of books banned from library shelves following Florida and Texas. Mernie Mestis has had to deal with the brunt of efforts to ban books. She's the lead librarian for the Wentzville School District in St. Charles County. That district has more than 17,000 students and includes 13 elementary schools, four middle schools, and four high schools. STLPR reporter Kate Grumke sat down with Mestis. Here's Kate. Over the last couple years, there has been a growing effort to ban books from school libraries. What has that effort looked like in the Wentzville School District? I will be very honest. When this first started, it was incredibly painful. Um, You spend your life dedicated to, to changing and influencing the lives of children. And so when those challenges begin, it is really almost an attack on your character. Those challenges began happening, and they didn't happen with the one-on-one conversation. They didn't happen in an adult way. Instead, they went straight to the school board, and it became an attack not just on one book, but on libraries and librarians as a whole. And when you have rooted yourself in what you believe wholeheartedly to be something that helps people and those attacks begin coming, it, it is really like your integrity, your character is being attacked. And it's just very painful. It started with those challenges going to the school board, but there have been a lot of developments in this over the last two years. So it started there. Where did we go in the last two years after, after those kind of one-off challenges from individuals? Initially, the challenges were coming from a community member who did not have any children in our schools. And so there was a concerted effort to find out if any of our libraries had these books in them without any direct impact on a certain student. So that also was blindsided, is a good way of saying it. From there, it led to more parents 
being concerned. And gosh, I don't blame parents. I feel like the way it was initiated was um, done in a way to foster fear. And every parent wants to protect their child. From there, we went to politicians becoming concerned because they were hearing these outcries from parents. And the politicians then wanted to initiate laws to protect children from these vicious librarians and these terrible circumstances of libraries, which again, there were no conversations. It, it was assumed. And from there, now we have where our school board is trying to change policy. And it has been a snowball effect if this could be brought back down to where it could be at a reasonable level and communication could happen. Um, we all want what's best for kids, um, but it continues to escalate. Were there any books in all of this that you did think shouldn't have been in the library and, and were concerning? I'm always an advocate for intellectual freedom and that people are able to choose the books they read and with the library, it is always about choice. You don't have to read those books. They are not assigned. Now, my building, I'm at an elementary level. So I am focusing on books that are age appropriate for the elementary student. I personally have never felt that any of my books in my library were not age appropriate for my students. But I have a wide variety of families. I have had parents not happy about the collection of books in my library because my books are not necessarily reflective of their family values. Do I feel it's wrong to have those in my library? No, I don't. I've never been at a high school level, so to see those books through that lens, I've never had that experience. Many of the books being challenged represent minority viewpoints, either characters or authors who are LGBTQ or people of color. Why do libraries have books representing minorities? We don't live in isolated small communities, and especially the Wentzville School District. Um, when I began teaching there, there was one elementary school, one middle school, and one high school. We now have 12 elementaries, four middle schools, and four high schools, and I am still in my career. We have had a massive influx of people. To feel that all of those people all hold the exact same values and the exact same family dynamics is simply not feasible. We have to expose kids to the opportunity to learn about other cultures, other families, other life choices, not in any way trying to coerce them into being a part of those lifestyles, but to educate them. We want to look out for your kids too. 
you know, we, we want to be there for you. We want to help guide your children, too. We want to support you and work with you. Um, but we also aren't solely working with your family. We're working with a multitude of families, and we're working with a much larger worldview. So we need to be fair in representing all of that because let's face it, (laughs) if your kids, you know, in 10 years from now leaving elementary school in 10 years and they're going into a job market, that job market is not what is reflective of today's job market. And to not help prepare kids for that by introducing them to lives that they maybe don't encounter on a regular basis is doing them a disservice. How has this overall effort to remove books from school libraries changed your job? I I think probably, especially for me in the role of being lead librarian, um, my focus has had to shift much more to an administrative type of focus rather than... um, a teaching type of focus. Um, Being lead librarian and being connected to all the libraries in the district and the librarians, I feel like I'm constantly on the lookout for their well-being as well. I need to know if there is a concerned parent. I need to know what titles those books are. I need to know you know, what the reviews of those books could be, uh, which books are in which libraries, um, how any of that is progressing. Uh, It has become much more fearful. It's, while my my joy comes from working with kids, um, my sense of duty lies in ensuring that these people who are employees of the district and have been directed to have libraries that are diverse are also protected in that same type of scenario. We have four high schools in our district. Um, This year we have three new high school librarians. We have had a large turnover of librarians um, and not just due to retirement. Um, We have some changing careers, Um, some very good librarians, some dynamic librarians that are leaving the profession. It's too painful. You spoke out at a recent school board meeting. What policy were you speaking out against, and why was it important to you to take that step? Well, I was speaking out because we have proposed changes to our library collection development policy. But the main parts of the policy changes that I was speaking out about, um, all of the language regarding creating library collections to represent diverse voices, that language was all removed, uh, proposed to be removed. And instead, it is being replaced with curriculum and abide by Missouri law. Um, Those are the words that are crushing because 
what that means is that without having to go through a challenge procedure, any book could be, an administrator could come in and just say, that book has to be removed. It does not coincide enough with our curriculum and needs to be removed from the library. The other part is abide by Missouri law. And I believe that that creates a hostile work environment. Um, our district as a whole is mandated to follow all federal and state laws. And by the insertion of those words into a collection development policy, they are insinuating that libraries and librarians cannot be trusted, um, which makes it even more challenging to work with families when, when your own school board does not appear to trust you. Why should families? So those are the two big elements. We have to have diversity in our libraries. We have to. All people have the right to be recognized, appreciated, to see themselves in the collection. And students have the right and the privilege of being able to step into the shoes of someone unlike themselves to experience their life through 300 pages. Um, we need that. Our kids need that. After you spoke at that board meeting, there was some negative reaction. <laughs> What, what happened with that? There was also a lot of very positive reaction, but the negative reaction came primarily from a private Facebook group. Um, and a friend of mine is a member on that private Facebook group and graciously let me know. She asked me if I wanted to hear. Um, but on that group, I was deemed a probable pedophile and probably had my house filled with child pornography. And when you have dedicated your life to children and for the betterment of society as a whole, for someone who's never met you, didn't hear what you said, had no desire to come and have a conversation with you, did not want to try to understand your perspective, but instead wanted to put those words out through the safety of being behind a screen. It is so painful. What do you think is at the heart of all of this? People react very strongly through fear. I believe that there is a a greater element at play. I can't define it. I can't tell you who's behind it. But the attacks on public education and the attacks on libraries go directly to the attacks of our democracy. And when you demean the information that comes from a public library, you are eliminating the sources of vetted, valid information. And instead, information can be fed to anyone then through an algorithm on Facebook, and they're not getting the full picture. 
they're not getting a deeper understanding. So I believe that there is something much deeper going on with what's happening in our society. I believe it is a power struggle. And libraries are at the heart of all of that. They are because the libraries are at the heart of our democracy that people have those First Amendment rights to learn what they want to learn, to hear what they want to hear, to say what they want to say. And when you can attack those First Amendment rights and you can remove the sources of valid information and valid education from everyone, then you have the power. That's Myrnie Mestis talking with STLPR reporter Kate Grumke. Today's episode was produced by our executive producer, Alex Hoyer. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Doerr. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.